When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in Tanger peace. Sorry, Dallas. Uh, the rundown for today's episode, the Thursday episode of Baseball is that very stacked show. Uh, oh, we don't man. have time. We don't have time to talk. We don't have time to talk about Red Sox A's. Uh, I can I can just do a little rundown we, we right can now. Just talk, you, we can talk yeah, just about the, the A's if you no, want. The Orioles caught the Rays. Uh, Rob Manfred. There's some news there. Uh, yeah, Judge running re-hired. yesterday. Yeah, uh, the A's became sellers, so we're going to talk yep. a little bit about that. Uh, the well, Rangers are getting the hot Orioles, again. Are Orioles the Angels back? Buyers. They just swept the Yankees. The Braves are facing adversity for the first Losing time in streak. over a year. The Losing Dodgers, streak. they're in first yep. place. Are they in first place for good now? We're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about all that uh, on today's episode. Well, it feels like we just hit on all that. Feels like we kind of took dead. all of that together. Woo! Big time episode. Get that winning feeling. From the gridiron to the diamond and beyond with DraftKings Sportsbook with money lines, props, parlays, and more. You can bet on your favorite sports and take a shot at huge wins. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can score $150 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 on anything only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Woo! Here we go. (laughs) We're going to get right into it today. Is, hey, get uh, your tangies here. Is, uh, get your tangies here. We got 10 cents off every bushel. Get your and tangies I think, here. How do we not start? How do we not oh. start Whoa. with the Whoa. Baltimore Orioles catching the Tampa Bay Rays? How do we and not start willing right to there? become buyers? Willing to become mm-hmm. buyers. So mm-hmm. much so. So yep. much. I feel like what they saw was what is happening in the East. They know where they're at in the East. Yep. And they've said, look. If there are even those those two bums that are fighting down there at the bottom of the <laughs> cellar, one's on the other side of the door, the other one's holding the door. We're gonna let those two bums fight each other out till the end of it, and we don't think that either one of those vagrants are going to have any impact on what we're doing. Let's just solidify our position here as we continue to catch the best team in baseball at one point in time. Mm-hmm. So the Baltimore Orioles, the story, Jared, is them becoming buyers. Nobody else becoming sellers. Speaking of sellers, Red Sox, Yankees. Um, that's, and I didn't mean S E I meant C E. No, I get uh, it. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a great day for the Baltimore Orioles. No doubt. The Inner Harbor is popping. My phone's been ringing off the hook. My man, RDT, wanted a full rundown on Fuji. Uh, gave him that. Gave everybody that was excited about the Orioles move a little taste of what was coming. Because they got a lot of reasons to be excited. Because you know why? Well, you know why they got them? Same country as Shohei. Face ah. each other. Face each other in high school. Mm. Come to. They're just prepping for the Shohei hey, arrival. I'll, I'll I'll say this. I'll say this. I uh, I did a lot of Japanese media yesterday. And did you um, really? I did. I did. How? And. How? and uh, well, it's pretty easy. They just ask questions, and I, I answer them, and then it's kind of... I mean, it's like any other media, you know? Mm-hmm. They ask, I answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's really not hard. It's kind of like what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, but they wanted to know, like, you know, what they're getting, and each and every person that I did an interview with mm-hmm. made sure, like, off, off the record, because they said it on the record, but then off the record, we're like, you need to know just how much of like a neck and neck thing this was in high school between Otani and Fuji. Like they knew, you know, Otani was a great athlete, but as far as what was going down on the mound, Fuji was lockstep with the, you know, the, the outrageous comps that Shohei Otani was, was fielding. Why is he so bad now? Anybody, Why is he bad? Yeah, I was going to say, anybody well, ask him what went, what went wrong? The command, <laughs> yeah. has, the command has always been the issue. <clears throat> the ability to locate the fastball consistently, right? Which is why he had struggles as a starter, which is why, okay, hey, with that kind of arm, we're going to entertain being able to corral that. We're going to entertain being able to harness that. So the A's signed him, brought him over. Things looked great early, and when I say early, I mean like in the first couple innings early, and then uh-huh. not so much. What, right? What then was the that command contract? issues? Uh, one for seven, I believe. That's it. Yeah, I think so. Jeez. I think so. I mean, don't quote me on that. That's. I mean, I've been awake for seven minutes, but I think that's. I think that's what it is. Aren't you an official team employee? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay. Nope. Not an official team reporter. I said the employee. idea was. Uh, actually, sorry, my bad. It's one year, three, two. Uh, wow. Yeah. One wow. year, 3.2 mil. And I mean, the idea was, look, if, if this guy lands and he's pitching well, well, if the A's are not in a position to be competing, this could become a valuable commodity. Yeah. And so they make the move. Orioles feel like they get better. A's in return, get a reliever, left-hander who's, Kind of kicking around AAA big leagues, maybe close. Don't really know. Haven't dove into that. But initially, I'm happy for Fuji because I watched this dude go from, and I said this the other day on the podcast, I watched him go from being just glad that the outings were over. Like, fuck, thank God. Thank God I'm, I'm done playing in this game today. <laughs> to, okay, I'm getting outs. To walking off the mound. Fucking screaming, fired up, yelling, fist pump, because he's fucking embarrassing people at times. And I mean embarrassing. You're swinging at stuff that is three feet away from you. And Fuji was finally starting to watch some of those at bats where guys are just walking back like, fuck, I don't know, dude. And you're watching them talk to the other guy. <laughs> like, I, 
I'm trying to think of who it was, got ap- got their doors absolutely fucking blown off. And you could see, like, in the in the conversation, just he was walking back to the dugout, and I forget who was walking up to hit, and he was like, it's real. That's all he said, like, it's real. You could see him say, it's real. Like, hey, it's fucking thunder, bro. Get ready. So uh, this could be a fucking weapon for the O's, man. If uh, if they've got what they've got, they got Cano and they got Prince Felix back there. There is no Prince reason Felix. that he can't step in and be a very very solid bridge. I classified him as an early leverage guy to help build the bridge. Um, so either way, if Fuji performs at all near what he's been doing right now, which is I believe you you look back like his command has gotten a lot better over the last. I don't know how many outings, 10 plus maybe. He hasn't walked a fucking single guy, which, which is massive when you're talking about a guy who was walking everybody up He's until that point. up almost an earned run per inning. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I would say, Two. all right, let's go back to uh, his last nine his outings. Last, his last well, his nine last outings. 11. His last 11 outings. Here, his last 11 outings. Well, all right? He, 13 he innings. runs in 13. that span. I'm cutting it off no. at nine. 11 yeah, innings, give it 7 hits, 12 strikeouts, gave up one home run, a 164 ERA, a 257 FIP. Opponents hitting a buck 84 with a 521 OPS. Yeah, and I back it up a little more just because that does enhance the sell of the command issue that we were talking about. Because any more after that, and yeah, he's walked a guy, didn't walk anybody, walked two, walked one, walked two. So. Yeah, you back it up two more, it makes it a 277 compared to a fucking 164. Both pretty good. Yeah, both not bad. And if we're talking again, if you're telling me that the biggest knock on the guy has been command, and I'm giving you a body of work where he hasn't Zero walked walks. a single fucking soul, yeah. I, I feel like that's a pretty good selling point on the adaptation that Fuji has gone through. Yeah. Yeah, so he's so been pitching again, well of late. Since the end yes. of last month, basically. Yeah, and what's what's even what's 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 nice to see about that is the A's are able to make a decision like that, and I think it's what happens when you play low level competition like the A's have played this last weekend to make you realize that you have options in house outside of some guys that might be performing really well for you right now. Like you don't need guys like Fuji to beat the low level contenders, right? And so that's what makes a move off of Fuji. I think easy for the A's at this point in time because they're not competing, but they just played against, for whatever reason, an October hopeful team. That's cute. Uh, and, and they didn't need to, you know, they didn't need to do full team. Did, the Red didn't Sox. need to use him either. Yeah. So this is such a punt year for the Red Sox. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, sure. At sure. no point. I mean, I, I can tell you that's exactly the vibe that I got around the clubhouse. That is 100% <laughs> the vibe from everybody as far as front office goes and decision maker goes, that was everybody's like, yeah, we're absolutely here. It's fucking Pat McAfee, punt game central. That that was the vibe. What's the vibe you're getting yeah. from like the fans and like the media member, maybe like a fan media member type guy <laughs> who does a podcast? Like what are the vibe you're getting from like a guy like that? Like the ones that you Those are different, Joe. Those vibes have been a lot different. I do a uh I do a Red Sox centric podcast with another buddy of mine. And uh it it has I got I gotta tell you. It is not has not been well. The tangerines are starting to stack up in the warehouse. They're talking about a little bit of a rodent issue because the tangerines are not being distributed like they were, right? The bushels are fucking bountiful these days, Joe. Bushels are bountiful. 
Um, it's just not been positive for whatever reason. It's not been a positive outlook. They've had a lot of excuses as well. The best record well, in the big leagues over the part of our time. rotation is, you know, literally the best. Well, you still got other arms in the rotation, right? You, you got you got the greatest Japanese rookie player to ever grace the American baseball field. Like yeah, uh, he's like better. He's each row's taking a each row's taking Shohei. a back seat to Yoshida and Shohei. It's like fuck me. All right. This is just complete slander what you're doing right now. It's unbelievable. It, it was is unbelievable yeah, it was all you're doing. Just a lot of different vibes floating around, Joe. A lot of different vibes. Yeah. It was it was I mean, it's not often that the Oakland A's are able to have an actual snowball fight on the baseball field and still win a game. Like we had a couple pitchers go out there and try to throw balls into the fucking second deck down the first baseline. And just let Red Sox players go to third base. They're like, fuck it. We're not even worried about picking you off over here. Just get to third. Because this is going to do much more for momentum for us when I just strand you there. And it was it was an interesting approach. But four errors later and a series later, you know, the Red Sox uh, end up the Red Sox licking their wounds on the way out did of the Did you get it? Do you East get Bay. it? Sucks sounds like socks. So I said sucks. Do you get it? Just, just say the name of the team that we beat. That's all <laughs> Even despite losing a series to the Oakland A's, the Red Sox still have the best record in baseball since June 30th. <laughs> since um, arbitrary date, the Red Sox are the best team in yeah, baseball. That's how baseball works, Dallas. Yeah. Did you not? Did you not just look at fucking Fujinama's what? statistics and be like, it's, oh, it's, since this date, <laughs> since this date, he's he hasn't walked anyone. I know his ERA is almost nine. But uh, yeah, uh, since this seven. arbitrary date, he's actually not bad. Fairly That's respectable. literally what you just did. Fairly respectable. You tried to take a shot at the man's command by adding walks onto his total that you were. No, I didn't. You, you fucking extended out further. You tried yeah, to double his ERA. I tried to make it a one six four. You were like, yeah, but if you had if you had the, another two two outings, then it's actually a fucking two ninety. Isn't that better? I, no, I it's emphasized. not. I emphasized the growth in command and yeah. you are selling yeah, the commodity. Yeah, and then you doubled his ERA. You doubled That's what his, you do. your arbitrary fucking uh, date thing was was twice as worse. Great selling point is what it was. No, it wasn't. It was actually Great selling terrible. point. It was terrible. Phenomenal Orioles fans, point. Orioles fans feel worse about their playoff chances now because of you. Oh no! Oh, oh <laughs> yes, no, they no, do. That is. What are you talking about, Jared? I've been invited to the fucking parade. No. Yeah. No, oh no, yeah, no, buddy. No. No. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. They're asking me no, if I no, want to no. if I want to wear the fucking bird suit. No. I mean, there's they yeah. they would take that invite back so quick if they heard nope. what you were saying about the Orioles off the air. No. Well, <laughs> oh yeah. No, yeah, no. they would. Nope. Yeah. And all those baby birds know exactly how I feel about them. I've physically embraced many of them. No, you no. That's just not. That's not a thing. You're. You're just uh, you're kind of like you guys are physically That's embracing all. the the bottom of the state. Look, it's I get it. You feel like you're playing decent baseball up until a certain point, and then you come into a series that you absolutely feel like you should probably win, and then you don't win that series, and now you start to lash out irrationally, right? You start to soil your clothes a little more to punish your mother for whatever. I don't know why the behavior is what it is. I just know the root of it, Jared. And unfortunately, no. I feel like the Red Sox. You know they've got the A's to thank for that. Still the best I, team in baseball I, since June thirtieth. Uh, also, the Baltimore Orioles that we're just speaking about—they have caught the Tampa Bay Rays. The the Tampa Bay Rays that everyone except for me hopped onto 
for their AL East pick. Uh, all these fucking idiots were like, I like the Tampa Bay Rays. What a good baseball team. I like the Tampa Bay Rays. They're going to win the division. And here come the Baltimore Orioles tied Did up. You, take, you must have hopped onto the Orioles then. No, yeah. I stayed with my pick. Oh, oh. What place oh, are they in? The even, team that's even worse than the Rays. Yeah. <laughs> How's no, that I going st- for them? They have, the same, they, they, have, they have the same record. They have the same they record. <laughs> they have the same record as the Orioles since uh, the Rays started out 30 and 9. Do, Thank do you, you realize that between opening day and the third day of the season, this team was in first place? Do you guys have any fucking memory whatsoever? You Don't you know so how good stupid. they are? You sound so stupid when you, you just want to look at the season as one big hole. <laughs> you're an idiot. The Tampa Bay Rays. It's okay. It's the okay. Tampa Bay Rays, even at 30 and nine, never had a lead in the division that was greater than six and a half games. So what I said yesterday was I feel like the story is going to become that the Tampa Bay Rays choked away this massive lead, this big head start in the division, when the story should be that the Baltimore Orioles never let the division get away from them. They were never at any point more than six and a half back, despite the Tampa Bay Rays being 30 and nine. They never let the division get away, and they just kept chipping away, chipping away. Go ahead, Jay. I respectfully disagree. I don't think that's going to be the story. If this is how it plays out, I actually think the Orioles coming back and winning the division will be the story. I don't think people care enough about the Tampa Bay Rays to have them choking the division away be the story. I just don't. I think people would be like fine with it. They'd be like, all right, let's celebrate the Orioles because we don't really care about the Rays and we didn't care about the Rays in the first place. And th- this is all. This all goes back to the notion that we've all understood in the game of baseball. Like you're not going to win the division in April. You're not going to win the division in May. It it became very very close to the Rays feeling like they were going to win that division in the first two months of the season. But that's all part of Jared. To your point, how we do look at this game of baseball, right? Segments, certain dates. You're highlighting when a player goes down. You're highlighting the acquisition of a player and how a team plays from that point on. So. When you're spotted a two-week lead in the division, like the Rays spotted themselves, and then you have teams that just kind of go out and play baseball and do what they're expected to do or what they expect of themselves, and you'll look up, I'm with Jay Hay, this isn't about a squandering of an opportunity as much as it's about watching a young team who had already arrived early last year decide that we are this fucking good. And we're only going to get better. That's what young teams do. I mean, what do they got? Seven first rounders all told throughout that fucking clubhouse making an impact in that lineup. Like they're they're a quality baseball team and they're trying to make moves to get themselves even better. And so I can applaud the move for Fuji in an attempt to try to solidify one of their strengths, which is what their bullpen's capable of. So for the Baltimore Orioles, this is absolutely going to be a story of the summer on how they were able to thwart the Tampa Bay Rays and the ridiculous run that they got off to and how good quality baseball played over an extended period of time continues to be what matters, not just a hot start over a two, three-week period. Yeah, since June 30th is like we know that's the second season, most important starting date for stats. Rays, second worst record in baseball. 
four and eleven. Mm. Only team worse mm. is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Wow. Well, you didn't really have to give that kind of context, Joe. You could <laughs> handle the Rays just being the second in baseball. I'm just making sure we're telling the full story here. The Rays and the Pirates are in a battle right now. Because it reminds me a little bit That's of the tough. Mets last year. I don't know if, if Jay Hayes is right, what the overall story is going to be. Are they going to say the Rays choked? Four and, and 11? I mean, most teams Joe, go through that. And when you look at it, well, yeah, how's it? never mind. That's, that's tough because the Rays, right now, I mean, right now you think over the last three, four days, Orioles are the best team in that division. Easily the best team in that division. Right? Well, Yankees lost four. Red Sox, they've lost two in a row. Jays, two in a row. Rays, four in a row. You're making a very dumb point right now. Orioles. What? what? No point. Joey talking about June 30th. I'm talking about July 17th or whatever it was. A few days ago. That's all. Mm-hmm. I like this arbitrary date segment. I'm into this. No, we should just, you know what we should do? We should just look at the standings and like that's just, we shouldn't look at like which teams are hot and which teams are po- poorly performing. We should just look at the standings and that, that's just what it is. Well, no, I mean, that's well, the, a good the way Yankees, to start the Yankees here. Have a winning why... rec- the Yankees have a winning record, so they're probably a good team, right? Well, no, that's why I wanted to highlight how things have gone very recently, like ah. very recently, mm-hmm. right? Which is just like really over the last 72 hours or so, maybe 96 if you're into that. And mm-hmm. that's where I threw the Yankees four-game losing streak in. And then I highlighted the Red Sox and their two-game losing streak at the hands of the Oakland A's. And then I highlighted the Toronto Blue Jays, their two-game losing streak, the Tampa Bay Rays, how they lost four in a row. And then I highlighted the Baltimore Orioles, best team in the division right now on a one-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. That's all. Jay, hey, you have a thought? I just wanted to say some real things about the Orioles really fast. Um, Gunnar Henderson had his first home run against a left-handed pitcher yesterday. Overall, he's at a 9.03 OPS over his last 52 games. And I, I think we're all on the same page that he's going to be good or is good already. The more interesting thing to me is Kyle Bradish, who 2.26 ERA over 71 and two-thirds innings pitched. Um, over his last 71 and two-thirds. Like the, the, much like we talk about with the Reds, the missing piece here is um, you know, a true frontline starting pitcher or maybe somebody we're even comfortable calling a number two starting pitcher. And I don't know if he's going to turn into that or not, but like he, he has made serious gains from relative to last season, uh, strikeout rate up, walk rate down, all that sort of stuff. He's made gains within this season, um, did not start out pitching particularly well, and has been lights out, as I just uh, alluded to. And he's got what appears to be a legit breaking ball combination. Batters are hitting 168 uh, with a 238 slugging against the slider curveball combination. So like, I don't, I don't think this guy exists on the Reds if Hunter Green is not healthy. Um, so it would be kind of cool if there was some internal development for the Orioles. Uh, on, in that regard, because as we've outlined many times, I just don't know if any of these teams are going to be inclined to add a frontline guy or even if that guy is available for them to add. Um, I don't know. I just think I, I, I really believe that the Rays are also going to make the playoffs really pretty much regardless of what happens at this point. So I do think that's going to chip away at the idea that they choked too, because 
they'll still be in the mix and in the playoffs if the Orioles win the division. I just if it was a if the Yankees did what the Rays did or the Red Sox or you know a, a team that's more in the national consciousness, I think it would be a different story. I just don't think people care enough to classify the Rays in that light. Um especially if they're still going to make the the dance. Is it is it fair to say that the Baltimore Orioles have um the worst starting rotation in that division? Mm, no. I would say yes. The Red Sox rotation is definitely worse. Would we you trade have so, a rotation? We have no, three you starters. Have, well, <clears throat> well, you have guys, but I mean, you have guys that are a part of that rotation that are on the mend that are anticipated to come back. Yeah. Right? No, I if think you can call it that. Yeah. Well, what, well, what the fuck? What are they? What are they dead? I mean, I mean they're you, coming back. Chris Sale, can you count on Chris Sale once he comes back? It's like, all right, well, I, once he's back, he's definitely going to make the rest he, of his starts. He, he, well, no, here's the, but, but he's a part of that. That's what I'm saying. Like he's, it's not like you don't have anybody that you haven't identified. You absolutely when have. Corey arms. Kluber comes back if he ever comes back. It's like that <laughs> no. dude is one of the worst pitchers of all time. What about, what about how <laughs> and Whitlock? I mean, Whitlock, I mean, that's another dude where it's like, if it's not the hip, it's the shoulder. If it's not the shoulder, it's the peck. Like that well, I, get you, I get that you might have issues with these dudes, and they might have physical issues. My whole point, again, though, like if you were to look at the, uh, if you were to look at the Baltimore Orioles, is, is that the same conversation we're having in terms of, I, you know, guys who are ready to bounce back, guys who are hurt, guys who are, because they just brought up Grayson Rodriguez. And I said, when they brought him up, like, he's going to have to pitch well. This is not just a, hey, man, you earned it. Let's give you a look here. We're in the middle of a fucking race. We're sitting at the top of a division right now. We can't afford to give a young starter five, six opportunities where he's getting his teeth kicked in, and we just overlook that multiple times in the rotation. That They can't necessarily afford to have that happen. So with the rotation being in the spot that it's in, I mean, Dean Kramer, over his last three starts, I think he's thrown okay. Uh, last outing, not great, but you're going to need a couple guys at the top of this rotation to Jay Hayes point, whether you call them a number one or not, you're going to need guys that can give you competitive outings down the stretch here so that the bullpen that you're trying to optimize isn't fucking a gas bag at the end of the season. So is it crawling to the finish line? I actually think what we have here is three rotations in the AL East that are all of similar quality. That is not very good. Um, but but how they're getting there is kind of different. Like I think the Red Sox, Orioles, and Yankees rotations are all of similar quality Like to this point in the sle- season slash right now. The difference is, is that if Yankees you talk should about... should be much better. Right, right, exactly. The Yankees rotation should be better than both of those teams, and the Red Sox rotation probably should be better if all of the guys were pitching than the Orioles rotation. The difference is is that the Orioles rotation, while not being filled with uh, maybe as much talent, have been more available than either mm-hmm. of those other teams, particularly the Red Sox. Like I'm just looking at it by game started. The Orioles have four guys who have started 17 or more games this season. The Red Sox have no such players. Bayo has their most at 16. That's an arbitrary number for sure, but it, it it's about bulk in this particular conversation. Yeah. And like the the Orioles have, and they have two guys with 20 for that matter. Um, 
and, and they've just been there. So I think they're getting to a similar place. Um, the Orioles just don't have the upside of some of those other guys unless we're looking at somebody like Grayson Rodriguez tapping into that potential like we talked about last time and his most recent outing well, was not super and, encouraging in, in that regard. Um, but but I, mean, I, I just Irvin, think like Cole Irvin's up. He can give he, you some length. He, he can is give you there. Some depth. We're not talking about dominance. He is there. When is no, John no, Means but... supposed to be coming back? Uh, I, oh. I honestly haven't even heard his name mentioned yeah, in like a man, long I, time. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's been a I feel like there's been a setback or something that we haven't been made aware of. When the yeah, fuck like, did I, they make this option on Google? I just Googled John Means and I was going to hit news <laughs> and it's news, images, stats, and then you can click on in Bible. That is Ooh. that's an that's now an option on Google. So you could check out John 316 if you wanted. I guess. Stone, Stone Cold said so. Uh, Orioles John Means throws a bullpen session. This is from yesterday. Let's go. Means threw another bullpen session on Tuesday, the Baltimore Sun reports. Means had a bump in the road in his recovery from Tommy John surgery when he suffered a muscle strain in his upper back in late May. However, he began throwing off flat ground last month and resumed mound work last week. The Southpaw hopes to become an option for the Orioles sometime in August. Hey, but, but there remains no clear timetable for his activation. Yeah, because well, he had surgery in April of last year. It was early. So yeah. you think April this year, there's your 12. And then you're thinking 16 to 18. So 16 to 18, August, September, somewhere in there. Mm. They would love to keep John Means back, maybe in time. For him to be able to pitch and be on the roster, that'd be nice. Yeah. But you don't want to rush him back if he's not capable. That's for sure. Yeah, you need him to be a bonus. You're pushing forward as if you're never going to get him, but if you do get him, it's a nice little bonus for the birds. Um, so anyways, technically, they're, they're alone in first because of percentage points. They're... uh. They're locked up in the game's back column, but the Orioles, with their percentage points, are in first place in the American League East, and Blue Moon is first place in our hearts as it pertains to beer selection. <clears throat> the playoffs, well, they're just around the corner, so it's time to help what? your team uh, by sticking to your lucky rituals, like the ritual of enjoying an ice-cold Blue Moon while the game is on. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition, whether you're at the park or watching from home. Uh, thank you to Blue Moon for being there for me yesterday when the Red Sox lost a series to the Oakland A's. Very frustrating, but it was all washed away by the uh, amazing taste of Blue Moon with all its coriander. I had a Blue Moon at the Coliseum, and I dropped that shit. I've no, <laughs> uh, there was an orange on the, another one or no orange on the on the uh yeah i got another one yeah the orange yeah. on the fucking pavement on the concrete floor of the coliseum <gasps> it was tragic hey it's yeah. all good joe i got a ton of citrus if you're looking for some all right i'll let ton. you know with its refreshing flavor with valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander blue moon belgian style wheat ale is a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter it's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth creamy finish Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one of a kind? It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color and iconic orange slice ritual guarantees one of a kind beer experience. Perfect for spring weather. 
Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon. But you can enjoy it all season long. Brighten up your baseball traditions with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's a one-of-a-kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch. And visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket to find Blue Moon delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Uh, <clears throat> Evan Drellick of The Athletic had a tweet yesterday. Sources, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred expected to be reelected in vote next week. Uh, I will go to <laughs> Dallas last. Um, Joseph, is this a good thing for baseball? Sure, man. Let's go. What do you mean, sure? <laughs> give me some conviction. Listen, dude, we gotta, we gotta, you know, we gotta give Rob some time. You know, he's on a hot streak. Pitch clock. You know, maybe had some bad quotes. Maybe, you know, he said some things about the A's. Got roasted a little bit, but pitch clock's doing well. I mean, hey, attendance is up. People are they're putting out good stats. Why not? I mean, who else are they gonna do it? Have do it? It's gonna be so much better than Rob Manfred. Who knows? Be careful what you wish for. It almost it's it's almost like Rob Manfred should be the Wizard of Oz of Major League Baseball. Just call the shots from behind the scenes, but don't we don't ever want to see or hear you speak because 100%. then that's when that's when you lose points. Yeah, so the- far his ideas have been great, but when he's asked to speak, he doesn't always say uh the right thing. Mhm. Yeah, I mean owners probably love him. I mean that's the whole thing people give him shit for is that he's too much of like a owner's commissioner, which I guess they're mm. supposed to be, you know, that's the point, that's, but that's his, he's hired by it's the group yeah. who hired you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't, that definitely doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Jay, which hey, is why the vote is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Good or bad for baseball. Jay. Hey, uh, Rob Manfred will be here for, for much longer. I, I think technically it's bad, but it's bad in a way that like, it doesn't really matter. Because it's baseball is such a behemoth that it's just going to keep inexorably moving forward regardless. Why is it bad? So I, why is it bad? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I think it's bad for most of the reasons that I've like probably ad nauseum laid out on this podcast that I'll try and make brief again. Like I just don't think the the where baseball is headed in terms of um, investment on the product on the field is the right direction. And I don't think the priorities in terms of um, where ownership groups are at or what's being prioritized there is necessarily good for the sport of baseball long term. But if we're talking good for baseball in terms of making money in the short term and not uh, tipping over the apple cart and, you know, like status quo and all that sort of stuff, yeah, it's fine. Um, it's also like the least surprising thing ever. Um, if there had been right. any dissent at all that leaked out, that would be way more surprising to me um, than just kind of a rubber stamp Rob Manford approval because it, it really doesn't matter what the fans think about the commissioner. Like We can talk about it as much as we want. That is a non-factor when it comes to deciding whether he's going to continue to keep his job. And you know, Joey, he works for the owners, so it... it it follows that this is how it's going to work. I, it, it's bad if I have to choose one of the two, but I don't think it's bad in any in any way that's going to be noticeable to fans or really make a difference for Major League Baseball o- overall. 
Dallas, why is it bad? <laughs> well, for the for some of the same reasons that Jay Hay just outlined. If you're looking the connectivity, right? The the intangible fabric that does exist between fans and their favorite teams, fans and their favorite players. The steward of that is someone that you would like to be able to leave a press conference with a decent taste in your mouth, or at least not want to be spewing vitriol at this individual. And as we have found out, that's what happens when Mr. Manford speaks, is he never, ever calms the situation. He never, ever clarifies or articulates things and puts people in a decent headspace to understand what's going on. It's quite literally a fire that has started. It feels like every time he addresses the media publicly and whether it's in intended or not, it's just kind of how that happens. So in a forward facing steward of the game, keeper of the game regard, that's where it's tough. And as far as some of the rule changes that have been made, I think you would be ignorant and you would be actively choosing to look for bad things if you can't acknowledge the impact that those decisions have had on the game. So the idea of being the Wizard of Oz behind the screen and never, ever really showing your face, I mean, I'm sure that's great. That's never going to happen. It's, uh, it's just, but... Is, but that not, is that not what Theo Epstein's doing to a degree? Like, like he's... Well, uh, He's working for the league and he's helping them kind of they probably are just like, hey, you probably have good ideas. You're a young, smart guy and, and you've done all there is to do from a general manager perspective. Do you want to come work for the league? Like, I'm sure some I would love to know what ideas and what just things were put into action that yeah. came from Theo Epstein. I would love to know a, what some of those things. I think were. a lot of the balls in play type stuff were big, whether it was Theo's idea initially or him. Like a lot of people have kicked around all of these ideas for a long time. So it's in the ether. I, I know for a near certainty that he, he, once he got into the league office, the, the concept of balls in play and the, the speed of the game and stuff like that was a massive, massive priority for Theo Epstein. So I, whether he's the guy who finally got Rob to act on this stuff or whether he was because I do think that's what's coming in a post Rob Manford universe. Whenever that next commissioner comes, I think the only difference the is team. going to be in style, not substance. Like, I think it's going to be like if you look at the other commissioners, Adam Silver, even Goodell at this point has kind of like gotten over the hump of his worst stretch and feels like on the other side of it from a PR perspective, like what those guys are better at than Rob Manfred is talking right there, there's not a whole lot of difference in what Adam Silver does as a commissioner or what Roger Goodell does as a commissioner than what R Rob Manfred does, despite the fact mm -hmm. that Rob is completely vilified. There's just not a huge difference. <laughs> the difference it's is, is that every time Rob opens his mouth, the contempt for the media and the fan leaks out of everything that he says, whereas Adam Silver and Roger Goodell just have are are either are either slightly better people <laughs> or just talk better uh and like i just think that's the next baseball commissioner whether that's theo or somebody in that mold who's just a little slicker with all this sort of stuff um and is less like openly but, but, a labor lawyer as like rob manford 
but there's a reason that the that the re-election occurs, and it's because the group that he's representing cares not one single bit about any of that. Like, do you think the owners care about the perception from the fans of the commissioner that they have put in place? No, no. I just said that they that it's a non-factor. I just think that the reality of the situation will be that they are not going to continue to to have commissioners that are openly antagonistic. I just don't like it when the next decision comes. I just think it's going to go to a person, maybe just inevitably, because those are the people that are in the pipeline. But I think inev- like it will end up in a person that is much smoother in how they discuss these topics than Rob Manford is. A-Rod. That's, if A-Rod is the commissioner, man, like <laughs> that would be like, what's that? What's that basketball or whatever? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what a rod is. The commissioner would feel like, um, just like a total carnival fucking non sport joke show. Um, yeah, honestly, if a rod's the commissioner, I'm probably out at that point. Like I'm probably hopefully <laughs> Come on. that's why everyone gets yeah. to vote. I, I, I just, we're voting. I, well, I think we should be able to vote. Like, I just think there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of desire for the people in power to maintain somebody who, is it your friend? Is it interested in being your friend? Doesn't care if you want to be their friend or not. They're to handle business. And I think if you're going to have representation of an entire group, I feel like the owners are more than okay with that. I, 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 just, I just disagree. I think even if they don't specifically care about what the fan thinks about the commissioner, I think the idea of having a better ambassador for the sport who is still a commissioner or sorry, an ownership mouthpiece. I, I just think that's going to be the choice. I don't. I, but where does that choice come from? Grow, Jay, if, we're if talking about wants 30 to grow, people. If, if the game wants to grow internationally, which is obviously something that it wants to do. I just don't think that a guy who. Who every press conference he gets becomes its own topic of conversation is it, I, I just don't think that's a good thing for growth. I think the I think the NBA has a much better idea of how this should be executed in terms of the person who should be out in front doing the talking. And I, I get it that they're not going to make that change in the middle of what is Rob Manfred's commissionership prime, but there will come a point where there will be somebody behind Rob Manfred who's ready to take that mantle or is saying, I'm going to go elsewhere if I don't get to be commissioner when Rob's 70 years old. I don't even know. How old is Rob Manfred? Fucking 50 something? 60 no, something? No, I don't know. Be in the 60s. Um, it's not going to go on forever. Like, I don't think 64. Rob Manfred is going to be. How old was Bud when he retired? Like a thousand? Almost like, I don't, 80. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Rob Manfred He's is going to be. He's 88 now. What year did he leave okay, the league? So he office? was in his probably what, like early 15. 70s? When, when he retired? Yeah. Early 70s. But so you got another decade now. plus. You got another decade plus. Maybe. I don't, of, think, I don't think Rob Manfred is going to be. Uh, all right. He retired in 2006. What? All right. So 17 years ago. Upon so the expiration of his contract in 71. 2009. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, fourth, so he, yeah, still early 70s. Early mid 70s. So, all right, Dallas. Bet time. I will bet you. That, well, how old's Rob? 64. Mm. I'll set the over under at 74 and a half, Jay. Under. And I will bet you. Okay. 
Okay. Because right, the, to your the point winner about, gets a Rob Manfred jersey. Done. <laughs> to your to your point. Signed. Signed. Signed Rob Manfred jersey. <laughs> to to your point and acknowledgement of the behemoth that is Major League Baseball. Thinking about the growth of the sport internationally. The thing that has to happen before anything else can happen is you have to have willing participation from ownership groups abroad. Correct? They're going to need examples on how this is going to go for them. Enter the 30 owners of Major League Baseball. The example that they will be giving is that they have a pit bull in Rob Manfred at the helm. That, gentlemen, I promise you, if you have any apprehension about this, let us, the 30 owners here stateside, tell you just what you're getting in a guy who will go to bat for what you need to do, who will go to bat for your bottom line. We'll get a guy who is not interested in making friends. You're going to get a guy who is here to get you the best business deal possible. And they're thinking, well, the behemoth of baseball is already going to grow the game itself. That's already in place. We don't have to worry about planting the seeds. We don't have to worry about watering the seeds. We don't have to worry about anything. Baseball is going to take care of that. We just need to worry about getting vertical, which means if you can grow it and you can package it, and you can sell it all on one site, you have got it all locked in. And that's what the proposal is going to be. And so they're worried about what the bottom line is going to look, not how Rob Manfred is going to ingratiate himself with the fans internationally. They don't give a shit about that. And what I'm, this is the last I'll say on it. And what I'm telling you is I think the next person in the pipeline is just as cutthroat and just as ruthless as Rob Manfred. He just hides it. He or she just hides it better. That's all I'm saying. Because I think Adam Silver is 100% as ruthless as Rob Manfred. We don't, we don't view him that way. Doesn't mean it, doesn't mean it isn't the case. Hmm. No, you're right. Uh, is, would you say this? Has Adam Silver at any point in time showed you a side of humanity that you haven't gotten from Rob Manfred? Has Adam Silver shown the willingness... Yes. To stand yes. up and make a stand for what he believes is right in that moment, regardless of noise from one side or the other. Yeah, I think on some of the cultural um, topics that have popped up o- over the years, I think he has shown a little bit more interest in engaging with that stuff than Rob Manfred has. Yeah. And and remember, like <laughs> baseball, whether you like it or not, is a good old boys club, man. And some of the things that you would want or think that people are moving forward on just might not be true collectively for a group of owners. And, and I, I know like, yeah, we don't need to continue to go in circles on this, but I agree with Jay Hay to an extent about how it's maybe not as public or as visible. Some of the, uh, some of the more aggressive or maybe distasteful moves that have been made on the side of other commissioners. But I almost think that there's a little hint of, yeah, we don't mind that. We don't mind that our guy's a little abrasive. We don't mind that he might ruffle a few feathers. You know, that's okay. Because ultimately, that still detracts and takes away from what we're doing as a group. So if you're pissed off with him, great. You know who you're not pissed off with? Us, the owners. Yeah. Joe seems to be a fucking huge Manfred guy. Yeah, I'm a massive Manfred guy. Well, I'll <laughs> say about Manfred, like the I mean, thing that I think we all agree on is like 
he's made a lot of changes to the rules. I like pretty much every single rule change he's ever made. So I gave him credit for that. And especially since he got a lot of shit for it at first. And, you know, now people are coming around. Obviously, that's not the only thing he's, you know, there's, you could criticize him for a lot of shit, but that, you know, I'll give him a pat on the back for that if no one else will. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the heat that he took early too. You got to remember is about you know is going through one of the most difficult times we'll ever go through as citizens on Earth, right? Just <laughs> dealing with a pandemic laden professional sports season and all of the hurdles that that came with, and then from there, you're you're it's just there's you, you got the lockout, like there's just so many things that you could take issue with. And I, I'd say we very well could be getting to a point where Rob Manfred is starting to get over that hump of criticism. Uh, it's unfortunate that the stuff, you know, it, with the A's fans so. didn't help. But that's what happens is every time we get somewhere with the, the, the public approval, he'll do something to just yeah, I, reverse that. The, the, yeah. the A's the stuff this season is the biggest issue like front it's front and center for him i don't i don't agree with the idea that he's gotten over the hump at all like no I no, no i didn't say he's gotten quotes, over i said like the quotes like, that was, he, he came out with about the oakland a's <laughs> at the time of the reverse boycott you could have told me this this is an article from the onion i would have believed you i mean like of course it is like right. why wouldn't it be <laughs> right that was right. the word i was that, actually yeah, that, at dinner with the owners chilling so i missed it <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad <laughs> Chilling. Uh, yeah, see, like I wiped my mouth with a one hundred dollar bill, and I looked over at the TV, and I said, (laughs) "You, you, you mean to you mean to tell me that that comment got made, and he didn't receive any communication from any owner whatsoever, whether it be like a smiley face emoji or like a fucking thumbs up emoji or something like that? Like, there we go. You think he got no reaction from the owners? Like I promise you, if it's not even a a communicable text, they or probably whatever, thought it was funny. Yeah, absolutely. And the next yeah. time you see them, the next time you see two or three owners at a time in Chicago, or you're in Florida or New York or whatever, it's like you know, hey, you remember, you remember what you said right before the, right when all that stuff. You remember what you? Wow, didn't know you had, didn't know you had that in you. It is always fascinating when guys can be. So smart, but just not at the same time. Like even just as something as simple as the piece of metal thing. It's like you're the commissioner of Major League Baseball. You have to be a bright individual to climb the ladder to that pedestal. But to not have the the feel and and, and hit everyone with the yeah you know the, the piece of metal referring to the uh, commissioner's trophy, the World Series trophy. He's he's done this on a, on a couple of occasions where it's just you know he lacks a little bit of feel, but I think that 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 honestly comes with. I don't want trust me. I'm not going to use the word genius here, but more stop, highly stop, intelligent stop, stop, stop. In, individuals they lack feel. It's like I can I can do X Y and Z at a high functioning level, but I don't have the sense to not call the World I, Series trophy I, a piece I, of metal. I I thought I was done. You pulled me back in. I can I cannot allow that 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 description of Rob Manfred to stand. This is not a genius in the 
He's playing. Uh, chess, no, I didn't call Jared. him a genius. I, uh, I did not call him a genius. I'm saying like he's. You can't. You can't be a complete dumbass and make it no, to commissioner of, of Major not. League Baseball. No, 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 no. I Rob Manfred is an incredibly smart person. No yeah. question. He is not some sort of genius whose only whose brain is only operating in one sphere at a time or something like that, so <laughs> that he can't like can't fold his clothes yeah. or something over here. He, that's yeah, he's not, not a savant that just can't <laughs> yeah. pick up on social cues. That's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about a guy who a lot of the time does not give a fuck. That's not <laughs> the same thing. Okay? Like, and you can prefer one or the other. I don't really care. But like, that's what's happening here. He says those things because <laughs> there is a lack of like, what happens when he what says those do? things? Right. What are you going to do? You're going to fire them? No, they're going to they're going to go through this charade of a vote where all 30 people that hired him the first time are going to go uh, all in favor. Absolutely. I, think about think about any of our lives. If any of us were in a position where we could say basically anything without consequence. Then we would probably have more instances of being a little crude or crass right in some of our comments like that's just how it would work. And that's yeah. what's happening here. You have a guy who is a pit bull labor lawyer for decades now in the highest position in the sport with all of the power. And he's like, why would I care about that? Or why hey, would he I doesn't care have about Twitter. You? So like he doesn't even fucking probably notice it half the time. Oh, you no. think he and doesn't have a burner uh, that, that mm -hmm. right there, Joey? 100 yeah. percent false. Yeah, he's Twitter. got a burner. I've had I, I will tell I you would, I've had multiple executives tell me that they have burners just because they're curious <clears throat> about the dialogue. They're players. Yeah, they're curious about their players. They're curious. Yes, there are. Yeah, for sure. I think and if Rob he does has plenty of people telling him what's happening on social media. I do not mm -hmm. think that Rob has a personal account. I, do yeah, not. I was just going to say he might not Joey's be able correct. to log in on his phone personally. But he is when something bad happens, abreast. let me tell you. Finds out with the quickness. He what's knows, but it's not media. the same yeah. as like going logging on Twitter for your tenth no, it's fucking time of the hour, mm. and you got five more, seven more fucking mentions telling you're a piece of shit. It's a lot different it's, when you're going. Yeah, having a burner. a burner is great. Twitter is great for just being in the mm -hmm. know and seeing reactions to things that either you've said or you're a part of. I wouldn't want to have my own account if I were him. Like every single man, like no one's being like, "Hey, great job, Rob! You're doing yeah. awesome, man! You're the best commissioner ever, favorite commissioner of, I've ever been a part of." Like no one's saying that, so there's no point in having an account. But there's definitely uh, a point to wanting to know what's going on <laughs> in terms of the discussion. It's it's all remember live. The, remember the Sixers, the Philadelphia Sixers GM or president who had a burner account, and like it ended up costing him his job. Like he got fired. But he was like, he'd like respond and be like, or, you know, hey, that move sucked. No, that was a good move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a really, no, no, no. Here's why that was good. Yeah. Wasn't there like a theory? Just that, fucking log off, man. Wasn't there a theory that the Rockies owners or someone in the yes. ownership group had a burner recently? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just all too, like, no one is defending Rockies ownership that hard. And only tweeting about Rockies ownership, like yeah, no other Bible tweets besides the, the Rockies yeah, very in, in a positive yeah. light during a time where there's not a single Rockies fan that was like pro Rockies. Yeah, you got to be able to cover that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to be a little bit more particular. You got to leave some red herrings out there. Yeah, uh, but, you know, your favorite team, they have burners and they probably have knock around sunglasses as well.
because summer's in full swing. You need a pair of these great shades that you won't have to baby. Knock around sunglasses is the go-to for quality polarized shades that won't break the bank. Plus, they just released the first nine teams of their official MLB collection. They've got Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, Mariners, Cardinals, Cubs, Giants, Padres, Astros, and U.S. Women's Soccer Team sunglasses so you can add a little something extra to your game day outfit in time for this summer's big matches. Don't be the person that's squinting into the sun or worried about getting sand on their overpriced sunglasses. Check out knockaround.com for great looking polarized shades starting at just 28 bucks. That's a good deal. That's a great deal, even. One of the best deals. Um, let me, uh, it's, uh, you know what? I'm going to give DirecTV another free ad. The Yankees record without Aaron Judge brought to you by DirecTV, home to the most local MLB games. Is 20 and 28 now. It's down to 20 and 28 because the Angels swept the New York Yankees in Anaheim. Uh, a little look at the standings here. The Anaheim slash LA Angels are now, uh, what are they? They're, they have a winning record again. Thanks to the New York Yankees. They're back over 500 at 49 and 48. They're four and a half out. Does this change anything? In terms of how they view trading Shohei Otani, were they ever going to trade Shohei Otani in the first place? Uh, I'm going to go to Jay Hay first here. Uh, does this change anything now that they've they're I don't want to say within striking distance, but they're a respectable <clears throat> amount of games back. They're back to having a winning record. Where should the Angels mentally be at? Because the latest report was that they're not going to make a decision on this until they're. 24 to 48 hours out from the deadline. And I think that makes sense with what we said, right? It, we said that they had a runway of about three weeks to make this decision. I think that was last week or, or the week before. Um, and it did seem like that they were going to take all of it. Uh, if I was running the team, it would not matter. Uh, their odds are at 14%. Even if you want to be generous and say those are wrong and bump them all the way up to 25%, that's still a one in four shot of making the playoffs. I think the return on Otani would be frothy enough with all of these teams that you would get something that would be meaningfully impactful for you moving forward. And, but I do think sep separately, that's me as it relates to the angels, actual decision-making. I do think it, I do think it matters. I think the fact that they are, I mean, we were talking about the Yankees as a potential buyer of Otani like 72 hours ago. The angels are one game behind the Yankees. So, mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know if the Yankees should necessarily be buying people either at this point, but I think if I think they're rightly or wrongly, I think if you are above 500 and within five games of the wild card, I think there are some optic issues to overcome for some, from an ownership group in, in trading Otani. So I do think it matters. Hmm. Dallas, man, uh, it, it just, oh. It's not realistic, in my opinion, based on how things have gone, that the Angels continue to compete for a wild card spot when it's all said and done. And there's only one way you can get better, conceivably, next year or moving forward. And that's by having whatever it is that Otani could potentially bring you. And that's not going to be necessarily big league ready or big league capable next year. 
but you run the risk of watching the greatest talent ever to walk away and you receive nothing in return. And this is all part of what I have been talking about since they've expanded the playoffs is the bottom line is what's affected here. So do you want to pour money in to the potential of just sneaking in to the playoffs? I don't know if you want to pour money into that, but if you're the Angels, do you want to walk away from Otani with nothing to show? Absolutely nothing to show for it. You will have had the greatest player on your team, and what do you have to show for it once he has left? Nothing. You're not going to the postseason, and you got nothing in return for him. That is the absolute worst place to be. Dallas, what's your what's your list of teams um, of organizations that have every team has the need for Shohei Otani, but I'm talking yeah. about uh, they have the prospect capital and the, I guess, drive to make something like that happen on a rental. Because I feel like there there are some teams Ooh. out there where it's like, I'm not that desperate to give up all this prospect capital for a rental player knowing that hey, I might not, I'm probably not going to re-sign this guy. But I mean, I think the most intriguing team out there would be the Tampa Bay Rays, right? Like, well, but, I, I feel but, like but, we're, but not, see, we're definitely is... not going to sign this guy, but we can get him on our team for half a season and make a run at this thing. That's the most intriguing team to me. But it feels like the Tampa Bay Rays, and I've watched this happen, and you talk to guys you know, in and around, uh, in and around the game, the division, some that have been with the organization. The reason that they value the prospects the way they do is because they're not afraid to bring those prospects up and have them impact their big league club sooner rather than later. So if I don't even have those guys as options anymore, but I've only got Otani for this two-month period, I think that I think the Rays are an organization, much like the Dodgers are an organization, that have the foresight to say, how we operate, this is not our move. This is not where we fit in to pursue this guy to give away what we know can impact us for the future and what allows us to operate the way we have been operating cost effectively as well as production wise and Otani for two months. I don't think blinds the Tampa Bay Rays enough for them to say, yeah, you know what? Give me another beer and let's talk about it. Fuck it. Let's entertain it. I just don't think the Rays get there. I think, I think, I think the three teams that I'm looking at right now, uh, I would say, you know, Cincinnati Reds, they're my third spot because they got so many of these prospects. They're just bringing up a new prospect every week. You get rid of a couple of them. You get Shohei for half a season. They might do that. The Oreos, Orioles, like, they seem to be the most likely for me. Like, seeing Shohei in Baltimore would be weird, but they have a thousand fucking prospects. They're bringing them up once a week. Trade a couple of them, get them half a season, and that's a team that could win the World Series with Shohei. Am I right yeah, or am what, I what right? Are you, what are you talking though? Like, all right, <clears throat> like is Gunnar Henderson hands off? Probably. Yeah, right? probably, yeah. Is Grayson Rodriguez? That's probably a guy that you got to consider letting go. Mm-hmm. But after that, who's this prospect? Who are these other guys that, because Joey, you better have four more fucking names backed up, pal. Uh, if you yeah. think that those two are just going to start the conversation and one of those two is a hands off guy and Gunnar, now we're stuck with, now your selling point, the tip of your spear is Grayson Rodriguez. From yeah, there, I, what do you got? I don't know the those prospects, but I know like I bet a lot of organizations, most organizations have prospects who the Angels would potentially say yes to, but are they willing to trade them? If you're a team like the Orioles and you have a 
you know, how many of guys are top fucking prospects in baseball on the Orioles right now the past five years who are well, and, on the team and, good? And here, they can get rid of the second tier ones. Here, here's the other thing. As much as we want to talk about landing these good prospects, it's up to one group to identify those prospects. And based on how things have gone in terms of talent acquisition, drafting, and things of that nature, are we sure that the Angels are in the best position to be identifying those impactful <laughs> okay. prospects? Okay, but we said the same thing about spent. We said the same thing about them spending free agent money too. So, like, they have to do something. Like, you, oh, they have to do something. It just doesn't you, feel you have to, like they're. If you can't acquire <laughs> prospects and you can't spend money because you can't be trusted to do either one, what are we doing? Like, clean what house. <laughs> That's what I, you got to do. They, they, already did that. they already did that. This is the new front office. Um, I, I got a team. I got a team. Who is the that? Giants. Fuck. The Giants. The Giants. I think they they are in the sweet spot of pro- I, listen, I'm with Joey. I'm not going to pretend to be able to go 20 deep on these teams farm systems, but my guess would be that if you slap together f- 3 or 4 or 5 people from this uh system that you could get into the conversation as the San Francisco Giants. You are also not parting with anybody presumably who is so vital to the future of your organization that you can't afford to do that. You have a team right now that is um, squarely in the post. I mean, they're, I think, 75% to make the postseason right now. So you're squarely in the postseason picture, not 100% secured. You could still battle and win the division. They are a game and a half out of the division. And they're a team that's like, you know, I've called them boring. Um, I think that still applies. Otani would obviously address that if you consider that a weakness but but more to the point like this is a team that like it's not like we're really building towards something here with this roster i don't think like bits and pieces of people will be part of the next great giants team maybe but like this isn't like the reds where where you have a runway here where you think you can be really good for the next three or four years and you don't want to necessarily jeopardize any of that like a lot of these players are just are who they are so like and and the Dodgers are a little bit down right now, right? And the NL overall is a little bit down. So like, why if you're the Giants and you and they can afford it payroll rise, obviously, and could even get themselves into the conversation with Shohei after the season if they wanted to try and sign him. If if Shohei got comfortable being in the Giants first class organization, I just think there's a lot that makes sense here. To me, that well, makes I mean, it seem less likely because. I don't know because if you if you're I think the Giants are going to try to sign him because that's what they've been looking at the last few seasons trying to sign like Correa, uh, Aaron Joey Judge, Bart, Joey yeah. Bart gone, Camilo Duvall <laughs> gone, and now uh, there's going to need to be some names after that as well. Who you got? But and I'm not asking for I'm not Joey asking Bart for has I'm, fucking again. 84 plate appearances this year. See ya. Like who cares? Yeah, but that's where the <laughs> Giants are at. Like this is this is who they got. This is all they got. That's fine, but I don't think what I'm saying is, is that enough? Is that enough? Like, I I know who Joey Bart is, but 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 who is this team that's coming in here? Who is the who is the team that's coming in here and saying, here is our blue chip guy that all of you already know is awesome. And we're going to like that's never coming. Nobody's doing nobody's trading an Ellie De La Cruz. Nobody's trading even like a Jordan Walker 
for right. two months of Shohei Otani. They're just not going to do that. So it's going to be back to the I, Lions and the Hippos, Jay. Hey, back to the Lions and the Hippos. I think the process. I think the package is going to look much more like here are four or five guys who are varying degrees of like B minus to B plus prospects plus young major league people who maybe are not established stars. Like I think that's what the prospect package is going to look like because nobody's trading an established young player who's already a stud for Shohei Otani. It's just, it like, has to be the perfect storm of a team that hasn't won in a long time, uh, that has the prospect capital, that sees the landscape of, you know, this maybe uh, the Astros aren't good, the Yankees aren't good, like the Braves are are excellent, but we'll take our chances if if and when we get to the World Series. It has to be a team like that where it's like, hey, this is the year to strike. Uh, we have a good team. Let's become a great team. Bring in Shohei instead of like, oh, we have all these prospects. We hope that they pan out so that maybe in the next six years we can make it to the ALCS and hopefully win a World Series. Or they can look at it and say, hey, we have a pretty damn good team this year. Uh, let's fucking go for it this year. Like it has to be that team where they're saying like, fuck the next six years. We got to go for it now. And a team that's going to say we got to go for it right now is a team that has not won or competed or contended for a championship in a long time. So I feel like it's got to be that team, which is why, like mentally, I keep going back to the Orioles. Like the you're, Orioles. yeah, like you're you you have a shit ton of prospects. It has been a long fucking time since you've won the World Series. It's been a long time since you've been in the postseason or relevant uh, in the contending space. So if you think you can win it this year, why not? Like I get I get the whole argument of, you know, no one's going to give up their top 3 prospects for a rental of Shohei Otani. What if that puts you over the top? What if that makes you the favorite to win the World Series? Maybe not the favorite, I, but I, I would Shohei Otani make the Baltimore Orioles the favorite out of the American League? So but yes, probably. But here's to your point about the top 3 prospects, like like so Gunnar Henderson is obviously not a part of this package and there is zero chance in my opinion that they're trading Jackson Holiday in a Shohei Otani package. Either. No. Nope. So you're so you're immediately getting to a class of people that are not name brand names, which is what I was trying to say like okay, Grayson maybe Grayson Rodriguez is, he's also a name brand name who isn't good right now. So you have to be if you're acquiring him and he's a big part of the receiving package. You have to believe that Grayson Rodriguez can be fixed or this Will is a blip something or something like that. But like, uh, I'm just pulling up Fangraph's list. Grayson Rodriguez, Kobe Mayo, D.L. Hall, Joey Ortiz, Cade Povich, Jordan Westberg, who I know made his debut this year. But like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. None of those guys is considered a can't miss or already established star. So like, that's what I'm saying. No, they're all I, top 100 guys. For sure. I think I, I totally agree that you are going to need several top 100 people to get into the Shohei Otani conversation. I just don't oh, yeah. think any of those people are going to include people that are like that are already in the big leagues and already producing at a really high level like Gunnar Henderson or Ellie De La Cruz or somebody like that. They're just not going to trade those people. Or, 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 hey, or you could be the Braves and literally have your whole starting lineup locked in for eight <laughs> years and you don't need a prospect for the next eight years. So trade every prospect you have. Vaughn Grissom, see you later. You know, that's a big league ready guy who's just chilling in the, in the minors because their team's just goaded, you know, and that's a team, the Braves, like Jared said, that could win the World Series 
this year and with Shohei would probably have the best odds of all time of any any team ever to win the World do Series. They, but do they even like I get like they don't of course it. you would love to have Shohei, but it's like do you need him? Like I don't know. I don't know. If I'm just looking at like what teams are most likely to do it, I think the Braves would be up there with the O's. Well, as far as making sense goes, if you do have the ability to chart out the next four to five years comfortably, which the Atlanta Braves do, and you think that you've got prospects in there that you could part ways with because of what you have already in place at the big league level, and you feel that at some point in time you would be willing to supplement whatever depletion occurs in the Shohei move later down the road with some more movement as it shows up, well, then now you're in a spot. Now you're in a spot to say, we like our odds. Give us Otani. Let's not even make this a question. Let's just let everybody know that that piece of metal is coming back to the chop house. Give him Kyle Wright, Ian Anderson. Like these are guys that the Braves could just trade. And well, these are know. and those and these are guys that are you know big league. I don't want to say big league proven, but these are guys that absolutely these are big leaguers. Yeah, I think they I, was Kyle Wright was an All Star last year, and yeah, Ian Anderson might have been an All Star two years ago too. Are you are you ready, Joe, for that reality? If if the Braves acquire Shohei Otani, you guys are gonna have like the biggest target on your back. Like people are gonna like fan, I think the fans like the Braves right now. It's like we're really good, uh, but people still like us. We're still likable. You get Shohei Otani, then everyone's gonna be like, you know what? Fuck those motherfuckers. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's true because everyone in baseball roots for Shohei Otani. Everyone wants. Yeah, but everyone, everyone knows he's everyone baseball Jesus, the, and we need him to be the prophet that raises the sport to the next level. Like I think Shohei. I mean, I think Braves might be even more favorite, favoritable, lovable. <laughs> yeah, but Ipe in there. Everyone loves Ipe. Ipe comes to Atlanta. Ipe. I don't know. Ipe and Blooper. I feel, yeah, like, I feel like fans would turn on the Braves. I feel like Some fans would be like, you know what? You guys, fuck you guys. You, you got, guys win too much and you make it look easy. You got it too good. <sighs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. What uh, does uh, DK have odds on Shohei's landing spot, Jake? I'll take a look right now. Yeah, I don't know. They might have it for free agency. I don't know if they have it for like if, if he gets traded. I mean, they should. Like if he gets traded or where he's gonna go, um, but I would imagine that if Shohei Otani gets traded somewhere, that those tickets those are gonna be more expensive. They're gonna be harder to come by. That's why you gotta get on game time right now. <clears throat> if Shohei Otani ends up on your team and you want to go see him, then you're probably gonna need the game time app. You're actually you're definitely gonna need it because buying tickets to your favorite events it shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantees so you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. Uh, shout out to Game Time. I went to the AEW show last night. They had a whole segment about Kowloon, Dallas. We all know how much you love Kowloon, uh, but I was at the Garden for AEW. Shout out to Game Time. Last-minute tickets. It was an outstanding experience. Got to see where the stage would be uh, in the app. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find the tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. 
Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set to go. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D, for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Um, okay. The couple a couple last things before we get out of here. Uh, did you guys see the video of Aaron Judge running yesterday? So fast, man. God Bro, damn. It looked like he was wearing cement clogs. <laughs> it was like I saw Yankee fans were retweeting the video and they were like, oh, let's go. Aaron Judge is doing running drills. Like he could not have looked more in pain. <laughs> <laughs> in that video he was slowly jogging from first to third and then when he got to third it was like the spongebob meme where he was leaning up against a tree he was just like Woo! like that i don't know I, I feel like if you took that video as a good sign then you need to get your eyes checked he bro looked like he was in some pain do we think that the, do you think the Re- the yankees planned that like we got to get him on the field there's gonna be cameras there let's give people some hope he's on the field I mean, uh, I, I want to see the video. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's bad, Dallas. Um, I don't even know. Let's see if I search judge running. While you're searching. Yeah. Aaron when, Judge running the bases here. I'll, I'll send it to you, Dallas. I played on Let's the middle school Dallas's basketball team. Reaction. And at one point, somebody, the coach yelled at my friend. It looked like he was running in sand. Ah. <laughs> That's what it looked like. That's what it reminded me of. Mr. Yeah, Threadgill yelling at Kevin Sealing. When I was uh <laughs> when I was on the Little League All-Star team when I was 17, uh one of my my coaches got into a fight with each other because uh there was a kid just standing around in the outfield that was supposed to be doing something. I don't know what he was supposed to be doing. And he was like, yo. Stop standing around like a dildo. And it was the uh, it was the head coach's son. So he started screaming at him, brought him like out back, and they just started like we could hear everything that they were saying. They were screaming at each other. Uh, but yeah, one of my coaches when I was a little kid, like we were, I mean, we we're definitely in fucking middle school or before that. And he he called us a dildo. Dallas, did you see the video? I did see the video. Okay, thoughts. I mean, it's not not quite the way you initially described it. Like, I, I didn't see Judge, you know, grasping for air at the end of it. No, um, but he is very, he's, it, trust, it, this is well, like. I don't know how many times he may have ran. I don't know how many times he may have gone from first to third before this specific video was taken maybe this is like the eighth time he's done this if this is max effort at 100 this is about i don't know 20 23 effort i mean look there's no reason that aaron judge can't go up there when he's viable enough to run to first base no one's asking him to beat out a ground ball no it's like absolutely nobody runs every game right right so hit the ball off the wall trot into second, hit the ball over the wall, trot around the bases. Anything other than that, if you can get to first, fabulous. Station to station. No one's asking you to score on a double. 
Like we'd like for you to score on a double if you're at second. That would be great. If not, we'll see you at third. <laughs> Hope we just keep this line moving. No, let's. Uh, how about we see you in 2024? That's, yeah. that's kind of. <laughs> it looked painful. He definitely, he definitely doesn't look like he's <clears throat> ready to turn on the Jets, as as they say. Um, uh, the Texas Rangers, they're getting hot again. Winners of five straight games. Uh, Seager probably, if it weren't for Shohei Otani, would be a heavy, I don't want to say a heavy favorite, but maybe would, would Corey Seager be the favorite for MVP if not for Shohei Otani? Quite possible. Quite possible. Right? Like judges down, Otani's not a human. If it weren't for those two factors, I mean, Corey Seager's got to be like, where is he at in terms of the, um, he's missed a lot uh, of games. League but, leaders. Yeah. Say. I would I would venture to guess he's somewhere on the top. Yeah. It's in ball now. Let's, let's look at the look at the old I, fan graphs. I mean I would as far as war goes, I believe it's Bichette. Like Bo Bichette's having a decent year. Luis it, Roberts having a big year. Wadi yeah, but he's not realistically wandered. gonna get any MVP love. Not even the highest war on his own team. Jonah Heim, Marcus Simeon, and Adolis Garcia are back to back to back, nine, ten, and eleven. Uh in um it's actually in the uh, Jared if 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 in are you looking at F4? Yeah. If you do unqualified or not like zero plate appearances is the thing to get Seeger in there. It's actually Texas guys 10 11 12 and 13. They're all in a row. Oh. That's kind of funny. Heim, Semyon, Seeger, Garcia. Don't mess with Texas. Damn. Don't Dude, mess with Texas. That's fucking wild, actually, that Corey Seager's basically been as valuable as Marcus Simeon in 160 fewer plate appearances, which speaks really to Simeon's, or I'm sorry, to Seager's season and not a knock on Simeon, who's obviously awesome. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah honestly, yeah, like, Seager, if he Seager's just plays what, the rest of batting average, yeah. second in on base, second in o- slug, OPS over 1,000. Mm-hmm. If he just plays the rest of the year, I think his playing time issue will be will dissipate enough that he would be the the second guy because I think that those numbers are eye popping in a way that nobody else in the ALs is are like every other non Otani candidate has like a flaw or like requires you to really buy into like their defense or something to be an MVP candidate like Luis Robert Wander Franco and Marcus Simeon being the guys that I'm talking about there, like none of those are traditional MVP candidates. But a guy just a quick shout out to Estuary Ruiz. Of- oh god, Ruiz has been down for our fucking two plus weeks, three weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Still leading the uh, American League by a large margin in stolen bases. Congrats. Yep. <laughs> Take my small victory. <laughs> Where's the end of MVP discussion with Ruiz at right now? <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's not. In? It's not gathering the steam like I would have hoped. Mm-hmm. There's some more of uh, there's some more worthy names, Joe. Well, we, we raise our se- I mean, the A's are sellers. Maybe someone comes knocking. Mm, has to go in nowhere. The Texas Rangers coming into play. What's today? Thursday. Coming into play on Thursday, have a four and a half game lead over the Astros, having won six straight. I stand corrected. <laughs> I said five straight earlier. 
Um, this is a team that has not relinquished first place. They've been in first place for 111 days. Uh, they haven't been out of first place since the April 8th was the last time. Yeah. Damn. So that I think we we have this discussion already about like if you think that the Texas Rangers are going to hang on and some of you jumped off. I can't remember who we need to hold these fucking people accountable, Jake. Uh, a guy like me, I hold myself accountable and I was feeling like the, you know, the Rangers were limping a little into the all-star break. And I said, the Houston Astros are kind of scary. And uh, they proved me wrong. Because now I'm looking at it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not asking for uh, an opportunity to jump onto the Rangers, but I might have take I might take that right now. Because. <laughs> well, you can't have it. I'm, I don't want it. I'm not giving it to you. But the Astros are dealing with injuries, and it keeps getting worse for them in the injury department. Yeah, and that's that's the issue right now. Is the injuries are just not doing well. They got no Jordan. They got no Altuve. I mean, Brantley not going to happen. No Garcia. No Urquidy. And what's with Kyle Tucker with fucking batting gloves now? Like, that pisses me off, dude. Every time I see him, I'm like, bro, like, I get it. Like, you're having a great year. Like, good shit. Like, do it works, I guess. But seriously, dude, you were the not batting gloves guy. It was sick. And now you're wearing batting gloves and you look just like normal and, and, and honestly look, looks weird to me. Yeah. It pisses looks me like off. Elf. Yeah. Do we know the date that Kyle Tucker started wearing batting gloves? We we need to get on that. Yeah, we need to get the research department on that. That's the story. Because a lot of those what guys, you know, they, go, they, they, they teeter. You know, they're like, oh, he's wearing batting gloves, but now he has no batting gloves, so it's hard to get a specific date. But, I mean, he's been wearing batting gloves only for the, I want to say, at least a month, two months. And it, it really does piss me off to a level like it really shouldn't, but it does make me a little like, bro, come on. It was cool. You were the guy. There's always like one guy. There was Jorge. And then Bryce Harper was kind of, you know, Bryce was like, is Bryce going to be the guy? He never stuck with it. And Kyle Tucker came up and it made him really stick out. And I was like, this is a ball player right here. Now he's just, you know. I don't know if I trust him as much. Mm. Uh, I know Max is probably listening right now, but his boy, Anthony Rendon, is not going well. <laughs> it's not going well right now. Uh, I think Phil Nevin came out, had this whole spiel about Anthony Rendon and this and that. And then yesterday, uh, he got asked how he was feeling. And then he said, I'm not here. And then he left the clubhouse. Yeah, this guy, this guy, Sam Bloop, keeps snitching on fucking Rendon. Asking him questions at the clubhouse. He doesn't want to answer him. And then he like says, he'll have this quote, like, he doesn't want to answer my questions. Or he says this. It's like, ugh, Yo, can't catch a break. Uh, Anthony Rendon giving, saying, I'm not here is the most accurate quote any athlete has ever given. <laughs> like, basically, it's like he hasn't been in Anaheim. Yeah. He hit him with this a couple weeks ago when he hurt his wrist. He's like, how's the wrist feeling? He said, I got two leaving, you know, because he doesn't want to answer questions, but he doesn't say but he has to say something to not answer the questions. And then the guy posts the answer 
where he's saying, I'm not answering your questions. And then it just looks worse. It's like, you might as well have just answered the questions in the first place. Now you look like you're just trying to avoid everyone. And it's a bad look for Rendell, man. I, I'm praying for I, I feel for like him. as a writer, you make I'm that decision. You, you make that decision, right? Like, all right, if this guy's going to give me this, then from here on out, I'm never really going to him for anything of substance. I'll be in the scrum when he has to answer questions. I'll even ask a question and he might give me a horseshit answer. But guess what I'm going to write? Exactly what he says. And I'm going to frame it how I would like to. That just becomes a a tough place to exist as a player. Hmm. Yeah. So is the Yankee dugout. Um, Carl- Carlos Rodon. He was blowing kisses to the fan to Yankee fans. Carlos Rodon taunting his own fan base. And then uh, Tommy Canley just absolutely destroyed a fan, not a person, like an actual physical fan that creates wind, uh, destroyed a fan in the dugout uh, after the Yankees lost the game. And I, I don't know about you, Dallas. Um, I've been in many dugouts. Some would say that it's their dugout, not my dugout. Um, but in a big league dugout, if someone, a teammate of yours, were to smash the fan, and you were somewhere mm-hmm. like, I don't know, Anaheim, California, and it's really hot, uh, would you understand their frustration, or would you be like, dude, what the fuck is your problem? Uh, I, a combination of both. Like, bro, <laughs> get it out, but goddamn, you couldn't have picked something else? Like, how about the toilet? Like, anything like else? Anything. Come on. Right. Now we're all going to sweat our balls off because you gave up a fucking home run to... I don't even know who you gave the home run to. Taylor yeah, Ward, and if maybe? I were the I Angels... Know. If I were the Angels grounds crew, like, hey, sorry, that was the last one we had for your guys' side. Like, we got one yeah. on Amazon coming. It'll be here in three days, but not in time for you. Right? Like, if it's uh, if it's not your home ballpark, then that's 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 damaged property. They should press charges. <laughs> it's yeah. it's the one a- of the, the a- yeah. You missed a good the opportunity for a cut. great blow up on the toilet. Is what happened because you just go in there, you shut the door. And everybody knows what's going on in there. And you just hear all kind of fucking. <laughs> and then the door opens. Guy just walks out, shuts the door behind him. And then you start to see water flow out <laughs> from the bottom of the door. It's like, well, what happened in there? Nothing. Everything's fine. Everything is totally fine. You can ask my friend Kevin Malillo about that. He went into a dugout and absolutely fucking destroyed destroyed the toilet destroyed the toilet and came out as fucking calm as good like he was in there for 12 seconds taking a piss and then just walked out no big deal (laughs) you just see the fucking flood of water coming through like hey there's a leak uh we should probably look into in the (laughs) dugout bathroom but everything else is fine (laughs) Who, who had the best dugout blow up of all time in your in your uh, days? Oh man, I I still say um. Well, <laughs> what it was there? There's two. Um, Joe Blanton had one of the greatest. Like, I couldn't believe that this was happening in in the major leagues. Like, is this how? Is this what goes down here? Uh, Vlad Guerrero was just in a fucking tree at the time, like out of his mind. 
you couldn't throw anything. If you were throwing pitches in the stadium he was in, he was hitting them and he was hitting them over the wall. Like the dude was just fucking unconscious. And two outs early in the game, nobody on. And we walk Vlad Guerrero. Joe B is asked to intentionally walk Vlad Guerrero. And the next four fastballs out of Joe Blanton's hand were 93, 94, 94, 95. Just fucking furious. Came in after the inning, and Joe, like, you know, he didn't wear gel or anything in his hair, but when his hair was wet, it would, like, spike up and stick up. And when Joe B was fucking pissed, buddy, not going to say much, but the hat comes off, the head swipe back, the fucking hair spikes up, <laughs> and and he walked into the dugout, and uh, I'm sure you know who the manager was at the time. The message was... was Bob Guerin? Yes, it was. And the message was, are we that fucking scared of this fucking guy? Are we that big of a fucking pussy? Is that where we're fucking at? And I'm, and I'm going, holy shit right now. Like this dude, like this is a player just unleashing right now in the dugout. Like he's not saying it directly to the manager's face. He's saying this out loud. He's screaming this out loud. Manager's walking over to probably calm that down, and I'm just sitting like I'm trying to fucking look out of the corner of my eye at what's going on, and I'm trying to just like keep looking at the field like, oh, fuck. If I even look in that direction, am I going to get in trouble? Just sit here. Try not to get hit with anything that gets thrown. Just just take this in right now. And that was a it was a very exciting fucking snap for me. But the greatest of all time is a guy who, I think I've told this story a couple times, actually, in the minor leagues, playoff game you know he he was he had been he had been in on the team all year long and then gets bumped during the playoffs and they're like all right ends up making a start and like you know short leash things aren't gonna we're not gonna have a, a long a long go at this things do not go well for him early and he gets pulled out of the game early first inning and walks directly off the mound and as he's walking off the mound He's taking off his hat. He starts unbuttoning his fucking jersey. <laughs> he takes his cleats off. And he throws all of this shit just right in the garbage can, right in the dugout. Like, so it's not a blow up, but he just got completely undressed and threw his entire fucking uniform <laughs> into the trash <laughs> and then went up and sat in his locker. And I'm not kidding you, sat in his locker naked on his stool like this. <laughs> for the rest of the fucking game and i had to walk in there like i like i walked in to you know check on him and i walked into that scene where he's just naked staring blankly into his locker and i was like you know what i think this conversation could wait i'm probably just gonna probably gonna give him some time here i never saw the dude again gone really what happened did he i can't i don't know i can't tell you what happened because i don't know <laughs> days are still paying them just fell through the cracks <laughs> we don't know what league was this <laughs> just a, co- a complete Dude, snapshot fucking... like that's a that's a break from reality right like i'm gonna get undressed <laughs> yeah. now and baseball yeah. i'm done with it like so done with it that all of my clothes are off and i'm just fucking chilling naked in the 
That's that's usually like a mental state that families get yeah, wiped out. Yeah, for sure. Like I've I had I had been yeah. there. Like I've been there mentally in a clubhouse. Like what am I? What the fuck is going on? What the fuck? Yeah, like that's like when like when you're scrolling TikTok and you get like one of the one the nine one one calls and it's like, hi, I'd like to report a murder. <laughs> yeah, uh, who are the victims? Uh, there's a there's a mother and a child here. Are you sure they're dead? Yeah, I'm sure they're dead. Is the killer still in the house? Yeah, no, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is uh that's the that's the mental state that that that, that gentleman was probably yeah. in. Wasn't good. I hope he's rebounded. Cuz he's a good dude. I'm sure he's doing great. As long as baseball's out of his life, I'm sure he's he's doing yeah. awesome. Great guy. He's probably doing that shit in an insurance office somewhere, still doing that, loses a lead and just fucking (laughs) strips off the button down, everything's in the trash. He's walking back from the water cooler, taking his tie off, and they're like, oh, shit, what what happened? Did did he hang up on you again? Fuck. (laughs) That's when you got to tell the customer at the next desk, like, look, you you might see some inner thigh coming up here in the next five minutes. I need you to don't put any stock into that. It's been a bad day for for our colleague, all right? Oh my god. Yeah. Sorry, sometimes you just gotta blow up, man. Yeah. I mean that's just the that's just a fascinating way to do it. Like instead of just taking a bat to a toilet, who just gets naked and stares off uh, into the, the, the only thing the only thing I've ever done is like I gave my glove away in the middle of a game. <laughs> walking off the mound. That's it. This guy was walking off the mound in Portland. And this kid was like, hey, can I have your glove? You're not going to use it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? It fucking doesn't work. Here, you take it. And I just fucking threw it to him. 86 miles per hour right to this kid's not fucking that. face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Hey, it worked for, uh, what's his face? I forgot. I I can't remember all the Rogers, but the Rogers, the Rogers, one of the Rogers Tyler? on the fucking Taylor? Giants, through his <laughs> yeah, that helps. Tyler <laughs> Taylor, I honestly don't remember. Threw his glove in the trash. Since then, has like a, a ERA under one. Wow. Well, sometimes just gotta wipe that slate clean, baby. Hmm. I haven't had I haven't had any big blow ups like that. But I came very close um, the day that uh, we got punished for the Chinese food. And they were good. Like, it ended up being one of the best pieces of content that I did at that company. But when we, they, they punished us for like leaving the Chinese food out. And we had to watch game three of the ALCS in 2019 by Ellie Schnitt telling us like yes. what the like she was doing the play by play and she's never watched a baseball game before. And I'm just sitting there thinking like my first reaction is like, I need to be able to live tweet this. Like it's a fucking Yankee playoff game. Like we only get so many opportunities to, you know, boost our following and shit. It's a fucking, it's the ALCS. Like I need to be live tweeting this. Like this is fucked up that you're taking this away from me. And then also for the fact that I didn't have anything to fucking do with it. It wasn't my Chinese food. I didn't eat it. I didn't order it. I had nothing to do with it. So I was like absolutely rip shit that I was getting lumped into the punishment. And uh, I ended up like any time like there is definitely a time in my life where if I was ever that angry that my first instinct was like, I'm just going to fucking 
I'm just going to walk out into the middle of the street. Like, I'm just going to get hit by a bus. Like, you know what? Like, fuck you. You can't punish me if I'm dead. So I'm going to walk into the street. Uh, I'm going to kill myself. So it ended up being like the, a blessing in disguise like that. I, like, we didn't we play the yes. audio from you, Dallas? Like yeah. you were watching the. Uh, yeah, because I called yeah. Dave, I called Dave yeah, that was... right because White Sox Dave was not showing up, blah, blah, blah. And I, I told Dave, I was like, Dave, I don't care what you do right now. You cannot let him in the building. You absolutely cannot let him in the building. He has to stay away, and we got to go with Ellie. We got to go with, go with I was on the phone with yeah. Portnoy when he was not letting fucking what you call it, uh, White Sox Dave in the building. Yeah. Oh, give me the call, Ellie. Come on. Let's go. Dude, he almost goes yard, but doesn't. This is what I want. Ooh, they're running. Oh, you're gonna get it. Don't way running. God, tell Wait, yeah, he's in. He's really far. Yeah, no, no, not a home run at all. Oh, fuck you up! But there was, there was a moment in time where I was, uh, I was very, 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 very unhappy about that. But <laughs> well, this pod is happy you didn't walk in front of the bus. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zin nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zin nicotine pouches are already there. Zin has helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, Every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right. Any final thoughts, Jay Hay? Shout out to Verlander. 272 ERA over his last nine starts, 174 ERA over his last five starts. Eight wow. innings, one earned last night. Too little, too late, probably for the Mets, but JV's back. They're done. Uh, Joseph, any final thoughts? Uh, mm, big series for the freaking Rays. First mm-hmm. Orioles this weekend. That's going to be uh, electric. Let's see who comes up on top. I'm thinking the Rays are going to do it, but we'll see. Wow. Also, little little thing I want to add to the Angels. Are they going to trade Shohei or not? Angels, next two series, I believe, Pittsburgh Pirates, Detroit Tigers. A lot of false hope. It ain't over yet, folks. Okay. Two teams. Hey, how about they sweep them both? Hey, we get a report. Mike Trout's healing up nicely. Seems like uh, we could have Shohei staying in Anaheim for the rest of the season. If that happens, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, two big series, two two things to watch. Pivotal, some would say. Dallas, final thoughts? Farewell to Shintaro Fujinami. 
We knew him. We loved him. And he will now be getting outs for the Baltimore Oreos. And I wish him nothing but the best. Also, side note, if anybody has any cure for citrus poisoning, uh, I'm, I'm all ears. I could use some help. Um, Jake, before I go, I see the... I see the sun beaming through the windows right now. Any chance you can give me a little little weather update in your neck of the woods? I don't care what the weather is. I'm just going to go eat tangerines till I well, pass out. Well, it's raining fucking tangies, Jake. That's what the weather's like. It's raining fucking tangies. Wake up!